0: Well, Ulysses, the Rays may have been eliminated from the 2022 playoffs, but that doesn't mean we can't stop talking about it. The
1: playoffs, that is. No, not at all. There's October baseball, and even though the Rays are not there, let's talk a little bit about it with a little Rays flavor in it. So let's get started. are Locked on Rays, your daily
0: Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host
0: of the Locked on Rays podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And you can email us anytime, Locked on Rays at gmail.com. All right, Ulysses, uh, we will have a little bit of a Rays flavor as we discuss the MLB playoffs that are still ongoing, but I've got to ask how much of the playoffs have you been watching? It seems like, Last year, we got some baseball burnout after the Rays were eliminated after uh, within you know, the, the ALDS, the way that transpired and the expectations were so high for the Rays, whereas this year, it's a little bit of a maybe different situation where it's like, yeah, yeah, we kind of expected the Rays not to get all that far, so we can still maybe enjoy the playoffs more so this
1: year compared to last year. I don't know how you feel about that. I think, in, yeah, you hit it right, right where it needs to be hit. Kevin um I I, I yet yeah, last year baseball was disgusting to me after that series in Boston I, I could I could I could watch a, a clip and I would puke literally uh this this year man I I am thirsty for baseball mm. because of the way that the season ended the season ended in such an anemic pace everybody that tells you differently or not don't, don't know what they're talking about like it was just so frustrating race baseball the last eight games, nine games, because it was a seven game uh, losing streak, wasn't it? At the end of the day. So yeah. it was just bad, bad baseball that we saw. Um, and, and I mean, great pitching. I mean, hooray for the pitching, but nah, I've, I've been, I've been, on <laughs> I've been on a kick, man. I have watched as much baseball as I have been allowed to to watch through other errands and and, and work, but I if I can watch it, I am tuning in. Even if it's in the background, I'm turning it on because I, I, I miss baseball. I wish the Rays were there, but yep. they just didn't have it.
0: And what has stood out to you most in your uh, dabbles in the 2022 playoffs as of right now?
1: Oh, man. There's there's so much. Uh, for example, I I I never saw Philadelphia not only yeah. getting past the Cardinals, but now they're in NLCS after beating the, the, the World Champs in, in in the Atlanta Braves and kind of in an easy manner. Like it wasn't a tough like gig for them. They just showed up played their ball. Their pitchers actually uh, pitched way better than they, than they had or everybody expected, at least from a third-party perspective, maybe Philadelphia uh, Philly fans were, like, really on it and they knew what they could get from the pitching staff. But as a third-party uh, perspective, uh, my goodness, they got arms that can that can do the job. And 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 if those bats get hot, we've always said they have the lineup and they catch the ball. They caught the ball better than Arenado in game one and that collapse in the ninth inning, you know, better than Tommy Edmond. Uh, yeah. the, Phil- the Phillies are, are very surprising to me that they're now going to be the NLCS. Good for them.
0: Yeah, Philadelphia could be crazy if the Phillies win the World Series and as good as the Eagles are doing right now, that town uh, in terms of sports. Are the Eagles 7 0 6-0? Last I checked, I believe they are the last undefeated team in the NFL as of this recording. Yes, they're five yeah, and they 0, fl- They're five individual. and 0. Yeah, yeah. I know my stuff. I know my I stuff. I get the tip um, from the producer there. Uh, yeah, there I, I saw. I mean, it's funny. If there's anything we learned, actually, there is something that uh, with this playoff uh, playoffs and, and really past playoffs that uh, I think um, is an ongoing theme. But before we get to that, we have to tell you about Simply Safe. Uh, you can with Simply Safe customize the perfect system for your home. In just a few minutes at simplysafe.comslash locked on MLB. Save twenty percent on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for a interactive monitoring plan and you can get your first month free. All you have to do is visit simplysafe.comslash locked on mlb to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. So one thing that um I think we've learned uh, over the course of watching MLB playoffs, and the Phillies exposed it, and the Padres exposed it uh, this year alone already. Is that it does not matter what you did in the regular season. It does not matter if you won your division. It does not matter if you won 108 games. Um, it it's can all be a toss up and a crapshoot once you get into the postseason. I mean, if you look at it. The NLDS, the Phillies, their regular season winning percentage was 537. They defeat the Braves, who had a 623 winning percentage in the regular season. Let's look at the Padres, 549 compared to the Dodgers, 685. I mean, I I think most of us could speak frankly and say, hey, let's just move the Dodgers all the way to the World Series. Why even play the games? Because they've been so dominant. And and the Dodgers, this is kind of a, a theme here. Let's remember what happened in the 2021 and LCS, where the Braves, not much above a 500 team in the regular season, downed the Dodgers while the Dodgers weren't as good of a regular season team uh, as they are this year. They were still a dominant, dominant team. And then you look at the World Series back in 2019, the Nationals downing the, the Astros. So uh, underdogs can win out and oftentimes do win out when, you, when it comes to the postseason. And sometimes it's just about getting hot at the right time, like we had the Braves last year. This year, it very well could be the Phillies seeing what they did against the Cardinals and now what they did against the Braves. So we'll see how they fare up and shape up against the Padres
1: going forward. And and that's why I, I said it before the season ended, maybe the last week or maybe when they clinched, I have never seen a playoff team be in such a rut like the Rays were and then just like turn it on in October and just become right. a, a really good team like that doesn't happen like that doesn't work like it's not all, it doesn't also happen like that you win 20 games like the St. Louis Cardinals did last year and then you go on to win and like that's that that is also not the case it, there's a there's a in the gray area where you have to just be at the right time the 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 right bats have to be, get going and it happened for Philadelphia, and it, and it happened for the Braves last year. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked about the Phillies, but it, I'm so, so happy that the L.A. Dodgers were kicked off in the NLDS. Yep. I mean, just that's deliciousness um, just to see uh, the, a naval empire just gone out of the race. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to see $300 million pay, uh, payrolls uh, win out every year. Like, that's, that would make it boring. But right. what I am, th- what, but what I am seeing though is a lot of teams that have won their division or won a hundred games. You know, a lot of Mets, Braves, Dodgers. Boy, does the regular season even mean anything anymore? Because if their treat is, hey, here, take five days off while these guys are playing the wild card game and they're just sitting around, t- you know, mm-hmm. playing with their thumbs. Is that a detriment? I mean, I would think so. I mean, I know, oh, you want to rest your pitchers or whatever, but the timing in baseball is so, so crucial, and you're just giving them five days rest. I don't know, man. I think the playoff format is going to get restructured in a couple years because we will have to see how this plays out. But this year, the sample size, no bueno if you win your division by, by a landslide.
0: Yeah, I think it's something that the competition committee is going to have to address because I don't think it's good for anybody. We saw it with the Rays of resting their starters and resting their impact players. Like you, you can't go four or five, six days without any, I mean, you, you can't go from zero to a hundred, just like that. You know, it'd be one thing if you were, you know, you had uh, uh, several days off and then you face a really bad team, but to, to face a team that's Solid and you know wild card caliber, and they've been in a groove and a momentum. That's something that uh, is challenging for sure. Now, uh, as it stands, uh, the Astros are in the ALCS. We're still waiting to find out whether it'll be the Guardians or the Yankees facing off against them. LCS, yeah. obviously, Phillies going up, up against the Padres. So, I posit this question, and this might be something to to put out on Twitter or social media later on. Out of the remaining teams, who do you think will win the World Series, and who do you want to win the World Series out of these four or five? I guess you know we can just put a question mark next to Cleveland slash New York. I think we know the answer of who we'd like to see move on out of that matchup. But um, I guess out of those four or five teams uh, remaining,
1: you know, let me let me answer this this the hypothetical the last one you said. Because get, go, uh, leave the same peer after the, the race got eliminated. I yeah. did hear some fans saying, "Ugh, now I have to root for the Yankees. That sucks. I hate to do that. And in my head, I was, I was so close to it that, like I was so dejected, I almost yeah. turned around and be like, "What the bleep are you talking about rooting for the Yankees?" But there might be a section of race fans who would prefer the team that beat your team, the race, to get eliminated as quickly as possible. Right. Even if it's against the Yankees, that's, what's bo- that's, that's what would bother me. Uh, and that's why I would never touch that type of, you know, I would never be in that group. I would always want, so to answer your question, I would want the team that eliminated my team yeah. to win it all. So for me, I would love the Cleveland Guardians to get their championship. Would love to say, hey, we got beat by the best. The team that eliminated us got the, got the piece of metal uh, yeah. by the end of October. Now, who I think is going to beat the 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 Houston Astros are just a machine, a well-oiled machine. I mean, Jordan Alvarez. Have you have? When was the last time you looked at Jordan Alvarez's uh, baseball savant page? I've not
0: looked at it recently, but if I had to guess, there would be just a stream of red. I mean, it's probably looking like the Communist Party over there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, the Communist Party getting, like, hundreds and 99s mm-hmm. on every on every subject matter. It's, it's – I mean, I knew he was good, but, like, once you don't see a player every day, when you look at his page and his numbers, you're like, this guy is insane. Yeah. Imagine having this guy in the middle of your lineup. Oh, wait, the Houston Astros fans know exactly what that's about, and it's pretty nice. I mean, they're just – they hit home runs – don't strike out. They pitch well. Luis Garcia right. just said, you know what? Oh, let me put the team on my back, though. Five innings, scoreless from the 13th to the 18th inning against the Mariners, and let's eliminate them on the process. Lance McCullough Jr. hasn't pitched more than, what, 10 starts this year? And then when he comes back, oh, okay, six innings, scoreless, only two hits allowed. I mean, they do yeah. everything well. So I think the Houston Astros are the team to beat. But I would want the Cleveland Guardians to, to be that team.
0: Yeah, the Astros uh, Sands, trash cans. Man, I was really rooting for the Mariners in that matchup for obvious reasons. But the fact that the Mariners, you know, hadn't made the playoffs, you know, the longest postseason drought in professional sports at that point, 2021 20, years. And, you know, we had, I think, joked about it and talked about it at one point. It's like, where's the threshold if you're a race fan of when do you buy playoff gear? Do you wait until they get to uh, – the DS, the the Championship Series, the World Series. I mean, are we really going to buy wild card gear for the Rays? You know, but if you're a Mariners fan, it doesn't matter. The fact that they got in, you're you're buying that stuff immediately. Anything that says yeah. postseason playoffs, wild card Mariners, Seattle, SEA next to it, like you you need to snap that up because that is a huge huge accomplishment for them. Um, yeah. you know, it's funny because I, I'm. On the same page with you, I think that uh, the Phillies, they, they do have a lot of momentum, not to say that the Astros don't have a m- momentum, but it seems like, man, whenever I'm, I, I just am having a rough time going chalk in this one out of the remaining teams, just based on what's happened in the playoffs thus far. But as far as the Guardians go, um, obviously I would like to see them beat the Yankees and then beat the Astros. But if they were to win... The World Series. I think what that could do is that could bring some hope and inspiration and some confidence to other small market, low payroll teams that are built similar to them, like the Rays. Sort of the approach of, hey, we we, we don't know that it can be done until it gets done. Just like somebody breaking the four minute mile, you know, seventy years ago, yeah. whenever it was Roger Bannister. Just you until the the levy breaks so to speak it's like oh well if the guardians can do it then so can we sometimes that's all that's needed to to give that team the extra push so i mean i i traditionally root for the underdog and i would root for the underdog in this case because i think it's pretty fair to say that they do have the lowest payroll of all the remaining teams assuming that they get uh, by the yankees in the alds we're recording this on a sunday night folks, so we'll see what happens with that and and go from there. But you know, one thing about the Guardians is they—they they don't. I know they might be overmatched in terms of overall talent, but they play hard. They—they they do all the things the right way, and sometimes that's uh, all that matters.
1: You know, a hundred percent. And I—I I, I, I fist bumped right there because um, Josh Naylor just went yard. So the game is oh, three-two right go. now, folks. It's it's bottom of the fourth against Cole. And oof, Gonzalez was just so close and making it back to back, like just like a foot away from the foul pole. Anyway, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think if if baseball look takes a look and, and, and the Yankees do get taken down by by the Guardians, there, there there will be some talk in the front offices of like, okay, what what did they do well? And how can we do that as well? Um yeah. because when you look at, you know, the dog, if the Dodgers had done, you know, what they did. I mean, it's a very impressive regular season, kind of choked in, in in the playoffs, but We know why the Padres are good, because they put money in it. They put money in it. Um, And boy, is that Josh Hader trade looking like pristine, like it worked out. Man, imagine that. Like, you are the premier closer. They got you for this exact reason, and now you're facing a video game lineup to close it out, to give this city, this stadium, the first NLCS appearance since 1998. Like, yeah. that's so long. Like, Ken Caminiti was a name people used to talk about on yeah. the regular. How long it has been. And he gets the ball. And who does he face? A video game lineup. Mookie Betts, sit down. Trey Turner, sit down. Freddie Freeman, sit down. Yeah. My, that's, that's impressive. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, your trade deadline deals – if you're going long-term, fine, you're going long-term. But if you're going short-term, like this is the piece that we need to get into the playoffs, and not into to get to the playoffs, but maybe specifically for October matchups, that one is looking yeah. like a tremendous get, because he has turned it around. And
0: what's interesting, too, is I think this gets overshadowed a little bit, is how much that, well, to use that word again, The Padres get overshadowed by the Dodgers. It it does, you know, some of the blockbuster trades and moves that the Padres have made over the last handful of years, it still doesn't really move the meter because the Dodgers have been the Goliath and continue to be the Goliath. So there's a little bit of redheaded stepchild or, uh, you know, middle child syndrome, little brother syndrome, whatever you want to call it. With the, Do- or, uh, with the Padres in comparison to the Dodgers. So that means a whole heck of a lot for that community and that fan base because all, that, all anybody ever talks about is the Dodgers. Now, um, yep. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens if they're able to move beyond the Phillies, but that in and of itself is uh, a, a good story. Again, regular season, uh, we can throw that out the window when you get to the postseason. Uh, you mentioned front office, Ulysses, and something that uh, will be somewhat of a recurrent topic uh, as we uh, move along in the offseason with the Rays is is profiling uh, players that could fit, could be possible fits on the Rays in 2023. So, you know, we, we reach into our grab bag, uh, pick out a player and see how, um, you know, just discuss and you know maybe they'd be a, a a fun fit not to say that they're you know super high likelihood possibilities but um I don't know why I'm just rambling here but basically we're, we pick a player and uh you know talk about how they could be an intriguing fit for the team so with that uh who is who is your dude that you want to spotlight today
1: if I could tell you I got a guy that can give you Versatility on the field, he can play first base, second base, even shortstop. Also, obviously, DH. Right? Mm-hmm. Would that would that be interesting to you, Kevin? It would be interesting to me. And uh quick
0: question: Is this uh, somebody that is currently on
1: a team in the playoffs? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, that's the segment we're only picking players in October. Baseball people.
0: Okay, it, I, baseball I need course. some clarification on this too. So, is it? Uh, any player that made or was part of a playoff team, not necessarily a team that is still remaining in the playoffs. How are we doing this? Correct.
1: I okay. mean, it would be better if it's, if they're still alive. So, like, we could see their at-bats. People could see their yeah. at-bats. But it's okay. I mean, we, you know, as long as they were in October baseball, that's good. That's okay. Good. That's o- October, let, let's rephrase that.
0: October baseball players who could be good fits on the
1: Rays in 2023. That clears it up exactly exactly but my first one is cheeky it's cheeky because i wanted to be cheeky on the first one people okay Uh, so you said versatility that would be nice for you okay sure what about if i tell you the career slash line of a 256 average 338 on base 431 slug 770 ops would that be interesting to you kevin that sounds interesting yes what about 20 home runs on average a season That would make him co-lead of home run totals in in the Rays of
0: 2022. We know how much the Rays have struggled with the long ball this past season. So, yes, that would be palatable.
1: Last but not least, what if that guy had been in that system, in the Rays system, and you shipped him off? I'm talking, of course, about Jake, Mm. mother-bleeping Cronenworth, who – after seeing his clutch double yesterday, the game-winning hit, um, it 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 pained me. It pained me. I was like, yeah. man, that that sucks." If you guys do not remember, he was part of the Tommy Fam trade. Tommy Fam, Jake Cronenworth get sent out to San Diego.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as a return, we get a player to be named later, and uh, we get Xavier Edwards. And Hunter Renfro. We know what happened with Hunter Renfro. He gone. The player Mm -hmm. to be named later was Esteban Quirós, who was then later, I believe, traded to get Harold Ramirez. So that's good. Right. And then Xavier Edwards is in AAA. Unless, barring anything that could happen... Uh, with injuries i don't believe we would see xander edwards any earlier than july of next year right if yeah and let's be frank he's he's not even
0: in the same stratosphere as what jay Cronenworth can
1: provide. And that's Just my saying. and that's my point. At the end of the day uh we have a guy who can put up a four F F-4 season back to back seasons. In Jake Cronenworth. I think this mm-hmm. is going to be a trade that will live in infamy of the race just not being all-knowing, which is fine. They can't be yeah. all-knowing. But we have to have a demarcation line that says, hey, this was a bad trade. And I feel like some race fans feel like, you can't say the bad trades. Like, they're so good. Like, no, they're good. Just because... Yeah we we say hey this was a crappy trade uh and a crappy result uh that doesn't negate that they're a really good front office and that they're probably top five in 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 what they do especially with trades. but this one kevin this yeah. one stinks man
0: it's almost like i it's great that you brought up the point about like Rays fans can't acknowledge when the rays have made a questionable or flat out bad trade it's almost like uh you know, when you're a part of a political party and uh, you're affiliated to a political party and you can't, you can't admit when your side, when your team messes up or makes a mistake. Just saying. innovation. Yeah.
1: ovation. I love that. I love that. Exactly that. I'm blue, so everything blue is great. I'm red, so everything red is great. Uh, you're dumb. You're both dumb. Yeah. You're looking at the mirror. It's like that Spider-Man meme. Pointing at each other, y- right. you sound the same. You're you're reading the menu and saying, no, this is my menu and this is your menu. Like, live in the gray people. I'm going to stop looking at uh, Jay Cronenworth's
0: B-Ref page because it just makes me angry, upset, annoyed, (laughs) frustrated. um, But I will. I like that. I like that. And a guy that I'm also going to highlight and spotlight is also a teammate of Jay Cronenworth on the San Diego Padres. Um, Ulysses. We know about uh, how porous that the Rays were collectively against right-handed pitching, uh, mm-hmm. particularly in terms of strikeout rate and home runs or lack thereof. Now, this guy—he uh, might not bring a ton of pop, but he brings some of uh, some pop. And furthermore, he's just been a pros pro since he got into the league. Uh, several years ago. Um, and what I like about this player, and somebody, I think, pointed uh, pointed out this guy on social media. Um, he's a switch hitter. He does damage against lefties and righties. Uh, he has a terrific career walk rate, terrific career strikeout rate. Uh, and... He'll be a free agent this offseason. And his name is Josh Bell.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, I believe that was Joshua Gardner who uh, gave us that tweet. He was like, yo, what about uh, Josh Bell? By the way, Joshua Gardner um, became the first guy to – or first listener, rather, Mm -hmm. um, to tweet at us a picture of him listening to Locked on Race. Fantastic! Thank you, Joshua. Yes. You're the best. We retweeted it, and that's what's going to happen. You tell us that you're listening from wherever you are. Just make sure that you put wherever you're listening in, so we can show how big our global our community is in Locked On Race. Anyway, Josh Bell, yeah, uh, look at his his page is is unreal. Like, look the the K rate fifteen point eight percent. The walk rate twelve point five percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly what you're looking for. A slash line, a career slash of 262, 351, 459. Wolf, that's that's much, much needed in a race lineup. And home runs 26, 37, 27, 17 this year. This would yeah. and he plays first base. So right. That's, that's my line of thinking is he could be a replacement
0: for G-Man Choi and you wouldn't have to platoon Josh Bell because for his career, he's got an 827 OPS versus righties and a 767 OPS versus lefties. Now, the rub is uh, would the Rays be willing to give him a multi-year deal? I would think that Josh Bell would want some semblance of security considering... He was with the Pirates in 2020, the Nationals in 2021, the Padres in 2022. He's moved around. I mean, he's been with, you know, three teams in the last three or four years and something that may work out in the Rays' favor, possibly if they want to go after him. It does seem like Josh Bell is undervalued in the marketplace. And he did, um, you know, you can take this for what you want, but in his 50-plus games since being acquired by the Padres at the deadline – he didn't, he didn't do well for one reason or another. Maybe it's the adjustment, maybe going to the West Coast. You know, myriad guys just sometimes don't work out after after a trade. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be a fit for somebody else going forward, but he just struggled, went through a bad stretch, 587 OPS, three home runs um, in his time with the Padres in the regular season since the trade deadline. And he's only uh, 30 years old. So I, uh, I think this would be a, a nice possibility. I think maybe you could get creative, throw you know, maybe a two-year, $18, $20 million with an option for the third year. Um, he seems like, uh, I, I know he's not going to win any gold gloves or anything like that, but the Rays need uh, high-quality bats, and he's a high-quality bat that also uh, simplifies uh, the structure of the lineup for the Rays, I would think. Anyway.
1: Agreed, agreed, and you know what? Pitching and defense, I think uh, the Rays are oozing in it. Yes. How about let's get some bats, though? Let's get some bats. That would be
0: nice. All right. Uh, Thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you on Tuesday.